Um, well, we're in a series, Mission is Life. It's the middle point of our series. Um, and the purpose of doing it is to remind us that mission for the believer is life. So when you choose to follow Jesus, when you surrender your life to him, you join the mission. It's kind of not an optional thing for super spiritual people. It's just this is what we're called to do. And basically we're, the purpose as well to know mission is life and then to give us six practical steps of, uh, to enable us to talk to people about Jesus. Mission is life, six practical steps. So that when an opportunity arises, we can actually say something. I wonder, um, can anyone refer, remember the first one we did? Love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, paid to do that, senior pastor. Come on, Nick, guys. <laughs> Love was the first one. The motivation for the whole process, it's got to be love. Talking about Jesus, it has to be coming from this place of love. Because if you're not speaking out of love, um, the chances are you're just going to damage people, um, the ones you speak to. They might not hear a loving message. They might just hear judgment and arrogance. And we don't want that. So love is what, we need to, what needs to compel us. Second one, anyone else apart from the senior pastor? Second one, anyone else apart from the senior pastor? There's no wrong answers here, guys. Jesus, Jesus that's close. Starts with under. Understanding. Yes, close, understand. No, no, it wasn't last week. Understand, that's good, guys. We're onto it, aren't we? We need to understand the good news. We need to understand the gospel. We need to understand... How it is that Jesus can save people who are spiritually dead from an eternity away from God in hell. Understand, it's really crucial. Love, understand. And the third one last week, most of us, or some of us weren't here. Prayer. From the one who spoke it last week. Prayer. (laughs) More importantly though, pray. So we weren't just talking about prayer. We're talking about Praying, about pray. So it's an action, it's something we do. So the only way a spiritually dead person to God can be made alive is through God's miraculous power. So we can like talk until we're blue in the face about Jesus, but we can't save people. God makes the spiritually dead alive. God, by his spirit, enables people to hear and receive. So when I talk about Jesus, we must make praying for people like a regular part of our day. It just goes hand in hand. We're talking to people about Jesus. So we've done love, understand, and pray. First three steps. The fourth one tonight we're looking at is connect. The fourth step is connect. Because if we're going to talk to people about Jesus, we've got to be developing Genuine, genuine, real, authentic friendships with people. We need to connect with people. It's very interesting that uh, when Jesus walked the earth, he was creating a movement. He was 
mobilizing people for action. He was creating a community of revolutionaries, revolutionaries that know the love of God in Jesus, revolutionaries that have put their trust, all their trust in Jesus and are living for God, revolutionaries that are changing the world through love, sharing the good news with those people who are spiritually dead. Jesus was and is still today creating a movement of people that will move out amongst people in the world so that they can communicate this message of love, the good news of God. Yet it sometimes appears that we've lost our movement. We've lost our movement in and amongst people. It appears that many of us have lost connection with people and we've become like a closed Christian ghetto. A a ghetto, if you like, where the walls are really high and the gates to this community, they're locked, they're shut. Now, many of us, some of us here are not like that. Hopefully, we design not to be like this. But it sometimes seems that it's the default position that we kind of just sink into because it's safe and it's predictable, it's comfortable. Even if it's not what Jesus intended. So this guy Joe Aldrich is a president of a Bible college in the States and he has a statistic from the research he's done and it says that within two years... Within two years, someone who chooses to become a follower of Jesus, after two years, they no longer have any solid friendships with non-believers. After two years, no longer connected to anybody outside of the church that, that deep. So we need to asking, be asking ourselves a question, and really honestly, like as you sit now where you are, do you have genuine friendships? Like, I mean genuine friendships with non-believers. Or are you intentionally building uh, relationships with people who don't know Jesus? Or are you taking it easy in the lazy boy chair, in the Christian ghetto? Because Jesus, he wants us moving amongst people. He wants us connecting, building genuine friendships, genuine relationships founded on love. Got to be founded on love. No projects. It's got to be founded on love so that we can talk to people about Jesus, about God, the origin of this love. Jesus commands it. We need to be connecting. Tonight's message, it's going to be very hands on and uh, very practical. It's going to require us to think a little um, more than perhaps we might normally think. In your bulletin, there's a There's a piece of paper, and I'd love for us all to get it out. Um, If you haven't got a piece of paper or a writing implement, you'll need it. Um, So if you haven't got one, if you could raise your hand, and uh, we'll have some friendly ushers, stewards, good-looking people like Dave here, hand you a pencil or a piece of paper. Don't be shy, even if you just want to hold his hand. Dave loves doing that. 
Ali doesn't. Ali doesn't, and she'll take you out, but anyway. And if you haven't got a piece of paper, why not? Huh? Where's Bolton? So, on this piece of paper, there's the first exercise I want to begin with. Um, it's who you know, and I'm really hoping I've got it here. So it says, mission is life, connect, which is tonight's, the, the name of tonight's talk. Exercise one, who do you know? Some of us might think that um, we might not actually know that many people. Other of us might go, yeah, I know everyone because um, that's the kind of person I am. Um, but who do you come in contact with? Who do you regularly come in contact with in an average week who is not a Christian, who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know this this loving God that desires an eternal relationship with them. So on this, the the one little target, if you like, it says, think of your world as a series of concentric circles. You at the centre, your family in the next circle out from the centre, your neighbours in the next circle, your workplace or place of schooling in the next, and so on. Use this pattern to think about the people you know. And what I want us to do is to write down the names of the people that you know, who don't know Jesus. So think about in a week, you know, who is it that you actually a workmate or a sporting friend or whatever. And what I want us to do, I'm going to give a few minutes um, to write down under those titles underneath, family, neighbours, work, uni, schools, social contacts, others, and write down the names of the people that you actually know that you see regularly. They don't have to be best buddies, they could just be brief kind of connections you have. Um, so I'm going to give you a few minutes, don't be scared of the silence, that we know Thinking music, although maybe someone might put some on, but go ahead, I'll give you the sign when time's up. Is that clear? Class? No? Good? people going with that did anyone have like no people that they could write down any hands Lisa Stanley family cat how do you know maybe it's a spiritual one no Um, did we find we had heaps of people that you come in contact with during the week who would have like 10 people, 15, 20? There's so many, like I think about where I go uh, shopping, you know, just down to the local milk bar to kind of get like my cheap DVD, three bucks from Gave You, I think it is. Um, so many people around us that, where are they at? Where are they at with... Uh, with Christianity, I think about family. There's people there. There's neighbours, um, work. Jono, mate, how are you going? Are you no? 
Um, I think I'm good there, I hope, at work. Um, yeah, but there's lots of these people around us. So what I want us to do is to keep thinking about these people, and hopefully you, you took that little exercise a little seriously and you've got a list of people that you go, wow, I actually meet a lot of people um, during my week that, that are out there that I don't even know where they sit with, um, with their eternity with, with God. So just hold on to these. Now, a big question for this, the people that we come in contact with each week or how often you see them, is how should we be relating to them? How, how should we be relating to these, the people that we meet? How you doing? Smile, just be nice, or what is it like that we're supposed to do? Is there more to it than just getting our product or spending the time there? Paul the Apostle, he wrote a letter to the church in Corinth and a letter to the church in Galatia. In both these um, letters, he's basically saying there's a way we need to be actually relating to the people that we regularly meet from week to week. He says that we need to be intentional about these friendships. We need to relate with people with a purpose, with some kind of goal in mind. In Galatians chapter 5, if you're quick, you can turn there. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 14. This is Paul saying how he relates. He says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law, the law of God, summed up, love your neighbour as yourself. This is the purpose, this is a goal, the intention we must have when we relate to people, these people that we meet during our week. And Paul says is a really practical way of loving people. It's not like an airy-fairy, it's not an intangible notion, this love. He says, use your freedom in Christ to serve one another. To serve one another in love. Serving people in love. It's amazing, you know. Our, if our faith is in Jesus Christ, we've been set free. And we've got to understand freedom. This is some amazing thing. Freedom from guilt that we kind of were hearing about from James before. Freedom from sin. We're no longer tied down and locked in and in bondage to sin. We're set free, which is good. We're set free from the punishment of death for our sin. We're set free from that. So that when we do finally our lives finish, it's but the window, the doorway to eternity. We're set free. We're set free to relate directly to God, both now and for all eternity. You know, we can do anything now. We're free. We've been set free. Enjoy life to the fullest. But Paul doesn't say, go bananas. Enjoy everything that life has to offer. Absolutely everything. Don't hold back. He says, no, there's something you're set free to do. Serve people in love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Serve people in love. This is 
not exactly what you expect from freedom. I don't know about you, but some of you have just finished exams, right, in essays, semester one over. You know, I don't know how you're feeling this freedom that's kind of, maybe it's freedom to tell your buddies you've still got exams. Bad luck, you know. When I have set free, when I'm about to go on holidays in a week's time, it's time to self-indulge. Yeah. Set free to serve people in love, Paul would say. Serve people in love, real, genuine, authentic love. This is how we are to relate to these people, to all the people on your list, serving them in love. That's why we're set free. This is amazing. And there's a deeper purpose, though. There's a goal, there's an intention of serving people in love. And you've got to understand that it's not like, I think we, we think of projects, you know, like if you're talking to a non-Christian about serving people in love, to talk to them about Jesus, it's, this seems a bit funny, but we're talking real love, like a love that compels us to want them to know God for all eternity. Why do we serve people? In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 to 23, this is the end goal of serving people in love. Paul says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law but um, and under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all men, so that by all means possible, I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Paul has a, has, has a, a purpose. He's taking service to the next level. He's set free, but now he says, I make myself slave. I make myself slave to everyone so that he might win people, so that he might save some. Set free, then makes himself a slave, so that he might win people, so that he might save people. This is why we should be serving people in love. Now, sometimes I reckon we as uh, both young people and old people um, can be a little bit apathetic. Um, Maybe especially young people like myself, even though I am 30, which kind of has always got me over that line. Anyway, but if you want to see a young person motivated, if you want to see a young person revived back to passionate, full-on life, give them a member of the opposite sex that they're attracted to, that they like, that they want to get to know, they've got a lovely smile <laughs> and a mischievous look in their eye. That's a bit dodgy, if I don't know what that is. <laughs> an attractive figure, perhaps. But watch them go from apathy to full-on motivation. I have a mission in life. Exam prep, essays, work commitments, whatever, 
member of the opposite sex, game on. If there's attraction, right, priorities are going to change. Things, um, thinking will be invested. Time spent hanging out in places where maybe they might go as well. You might, the person might start buying gifts, shouting them coffee, shouting them dinner, um, buy them a movie ticket. Sounds like they're buying their love, but anyway. Start making funny jokes. Buy new outfits to wear. And all this is done, though, all this is done so that they can win the affections of the person. It's all done because they genuinely like the person. They genuinely want them to reciprocate and like them back and want to spend time. So all this is done to win them. Not negative, really, is it? It's not negative. They genuinely like them and want to pursue a friendship and they want to win them to themselves. You'll do anything to win someone that you love to yourself. Paul says, to the Jew, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. So is to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. He just wants to win people. He's got a passionate purpose to serve people in love, to get to know people in love, to win them to himself, that he might tell them, that he might have credibility, the integrity to be able to tell someone about Jesus Christ. I wonder how we go with that. Is this something we can take on? Can we take this on, a real passion to win people so that we can tell them about Jesus? Now, we've been talking a lot about the work of the Wilmots and the Gervins. They're doing this awesome job in connecting with the Yao people in Malawi. And they're serving them. You know, they're creating sustainable agriculture so that they can feed them. They're loving them. They're winning them. And they're being able to tell them about Jesus Christ, winning them over so they can tell them about Jesus. They're amazing. And maybe some of us think here, yeah, what a blessing they are to those people. Yeah, what a blessing the, the Gervins and the Wilmots are to the people, the Yao people in Malawi. They're shaping, they're changing eternities. They're shaping destinies. This is amazing. And yet in Aubrey Wodonga, they can do nothing. The lady at the checkout needs you to win them over so that you can tell them about Jesus. The Gervins and the Wilmots could be looking at you and saying, what a blessing. What a blessing you are to the people in Orbiwodonga. You're changing eternities. You're shaping destinies. We have all these people around us that we regularly see, friends, family, workmates, the people that work in shops that we go to, people in the sporting clubs we attend. And the challenge for us, when you look at that list, 
is to be more intentional about these relationships, to serve some of these people in love, to build greater, deeper, more sincere, authentic, real relationships so that you can share this amazing good news. For those of us who really have received forgiveness for our sin, we know this amazing love and the mercy of God and we are given a mandate. We're given a command to reach out to those people who are perishing without God. And we need to serve people. We need to build credibility, build integrity, and genuinely love people. I look at um, what's been going on even since my time here and it's been developing, but I just reckon the sense of community we have here, like, I, just, I just love it. It's growing week after week. Um, people consume with each other to encourage each other. I just think it's amazing. Um, but let's not be complacent about this community because there are people out there who have never heard about Jesus. So we've looked at the first little exercise, who do you know? And this part here about how do we relate, you know, to serve people in love so that we can win them, so that we can tell them about Jesus. The final thing we need to do is how can we, you know, if you look at the list here that you've written down, how can you grow these friendships, how can you deepen them? How can you get greater connection with these people on the list? Because if it doesn't happen, I'm wasting your time tonight. So on the the flip side, exercise two. It says practical service, growing genuine relationships. So what I want you to do, and you don't have to do this, right? You don't have to do this if you if you aren't going to commit to it or you feel like it's not your thing, even though the Bible says it is for believers, um, to pick five people, write the names down, and then there are two columns. The first column about that person, ask yourself, what sort of relationship do I have with this person? What do they know about Jesus? Two questions. So an example for that, just underneath the table, says maybe it's like this. I know him really well. We've been friends for years. He's been to church a few times but hasn't shown a great deal of interest. Or another one um, for the middle column. I run into her from time to time. Um, If you do that and it's a car man, you should really give her your insurance details. But (laughs) I run into her from time to time but don't know her that well. She considers herself to be religious and has a loose affiliation with a church other religion. Or maybe the last one, I only started working with her a couple of months ago. I'm not sure what she knows, thinks about Christianity, must find out. So that's the middle column. Think about, you know, those two questions for that person, for each of the five. And then the last column is practical steps that you can take. Like, they could be so easy and simple practical steps that over the next week you could do to kind of grow this friendship, grow a real friendship with them. So an example down the bottom, if you're stuck for ideas... Um, ask him around for dinner to get to know him better. Um, find out more about her family. Ask him what he enjoys doing in his spare time. So I'm going to give us um, another few minutes to do this. Um, fill out the table. This becomes a great prayer kind of list, if you like. Is that clear as mud?
some of us still going. Um, let me do something quirky that we don't normally do. A bit of feedback. Um, any ideas, practical steps? Have people gone like, oh, that would be so easy to do that and that would be so natural and not too full on and it would be great to develop this relationship? i got a mate of mine from work who loves bike riding outdoor activities, so I could easily go for a bike ride with him on the weekend and we could go camping, go hiking, do something like that as well. It would be quite easy to spend some time with him. Great. Another idea? Something simple, easy? Bit of microphone girl or boy. Uh, I've got a mate also at work. Um, we go to the gym on a Wednesday. It'd be real easy while we're on the treadmill and pushing weights just to have a bit of a chat about what he knows and give him some more explanations. great impact events and youth nights and it's really easy to invite a friend from work or uni or whatever to along to one of those because it's not full on and you're surrounded by great Christian friends who can just chat naturally about it. So use what use what we have. Yep. Need one more? Ivan. Yeah, I'm come from a non Christian background and I'm always on the phone to mum and dad so I've always just Talk to mum about it and see, see how it goes and invite her along every time she's down here for a visit. Very good. Lots of, um, lots of easy ways to do things. Just, I think it's probably just thinking about it, um, having it in our minds that it's a good thing to kind of talk about. Um, I have to, have to reiterate it that it's, um, it's got to be out of love that we kind of want to be doing this. I know the, a bit of a trap for us as uh, Christians is that we kind of, if we don't do it, we feel guilty and we go, oh, I've got to do it because I, if I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm not a good enough person or something. And out of that motivation, it's just, you know, you don't need that guilt motivation to do it. Um, so if you feel like you don't want to tell anyone about Jesus and you are a Christian, that's probably just stuff for you to think about. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why would that be the case? Like, you know, have you really understood the love of God for you, what it means to have an eternity change. Because that's the, once you understand what, what he's done for you, it's simply like, wow, I've got to, I've got to communicate this. Um, there are lots of people, just to round up, uh, and lots of people we meet, we've got a list of them that are most likely heading for a Christless eternity in hell. Um, if they haven't received this news about Jesus, then that's, unfortunately, where they're going. Most of us here tonight have received this. And that's, we're ambassadors, that we have joined this movement, that we're the revolutionaries that have taken this message of love to people. So we need to be more and more getting more intentional about connecting with people, growing friendships, to serve people in love, to win people, to win them so that we can share to them about Jesus. So let's move. Let's mobilise. Let's not stay still or stagnant or stationary. The love of God compels us to go, just to speak. We're right here, really, where we meet people. So this week, with this sheet, 
you know, that you've got before you, the people on it, pray for those people. You can pray for them. That is the, the least kind of a stressful thing to do. You don't even have to talk to them at the start. Pray for them and then seek to find ways of just building, growing a friendship. Who doesn't want to grow friendships? Um, yeah, let's do, try and think about doing it this week or sometime soon. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we want to thank you for your love for us, Lord. And we, we do really ask that you would um, show us what this thing is we have, this relationship with you, God. How amazing it is, God. Give us a, a real tangible sense, uh, understanding from your word, that when we see people around us, when we see the guy at the pizza shop or the, you know, selling us a movie, Lord, that we might see them with your eyes and that love might compel us just to get to know them. Uh, a, a deeper, more genuine relationship with them. Father God, thanks for saving us. Lord, help us to speak this great message out for your glory and for the salvation of others. Amen.